As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, 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 now. And what's up, Obscurians? It's time for another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that takes a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media. Then we decide if they should be remembered for all of human history or high-kicked into the dark pit of obscurity, never to be heard from again. My name is Steve, and with me, he only exclusively exclusively dates goth centaurs. It's... Uh, It is Yahel. How are you doing, Steve? (laughs) I'm doing great. Uh, as we were talking about before we hit the recording button, I, uh, I went and watched. Uh, he's the only other employee of Reptilian Media. He's in a movie called Cannibal Comedian, and it premiered at the Chinese Theater uh, back on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time. I'm living that Hollywood lifestyle, sort of, uh, even though I had nothing to do with the movie, but it was cool to go there and, and hang out with people. And uh, as I told you, Cannibal Comedian, coming your way. Uh, how are you doing? Cannibal Comedian. Cannibal Comedian, that's right. You called an animal comedian. I don't think so. It's I, all right, Steve. I think, I'm here to promote your friend's movie. Don't I think the C got caught off it, uh, it, you know, through the microphone or mm. something. But no, no, it's Cannibal okay. Comedian. Yes, like Hannibal the Cannibal. Look at this narcissist. Won't, won't admit that he made a simple mistake. <laughs> This is what I'm dealing with here, folks. The mistake. Uh, anyways, you were well, going to ask me something, Steve. I was asking you how you're doing. I'm doing good, Steve. I'm definitely not hungover. Uh, <laughs> this is 100% a drink for my enjoyment and not hair of the dog. <laughs> this is what we call uh, classic hell, I think. Uh, the, I think uh, Steve, yeah, th- I'm that- unemployed, so you know, I'm just depressed. Hey, uh, I mean, I've been going out more this month than I have, like, in the last two to three years. So, hey, I mean, we are unemployed, brother. We. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I, I also did get the uh, the new COVID vaccine yesterday morning. So oh. uh, it, it's probably a combination of just, it, like, hitting me and uh, okay. and drinking. <laughs> so it's weird. You're like. Okay, it's the drinking. It's the drinking because I went to the gym after I got the vaccine. I just want to say you're a, a responsible and an irresponsible adult all at the same time. I love it. I love it. Steve, I may break your heart, but I will not get you sick. <laughs> what? Is that a line from Mortal Kombat Annihilation that I missed? That is a line uh, I used to flirt with you. <laughs> uh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. So, uh, but yeah, Steve, so I'm actually curious. I, I, I saw, I watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly when, but pretty recently. Um, I know this year, and I don't remember why I watched it. <laughs> uh, it was on my own, though, just because, uh, yeah, I, I like to watch like you wanted, you know, these, uh, like you wanted something that would make you feel like absolute shit like the world doesn't matter like a b movie right it's kind of like a dumb b movie i think it's below that i mean i saw uh during my research i think it was maybe on imdb someone said that uh the you know mortal kombat one is like a fun b movie written by a 12 year old but mortal kombat annihilation is written by a six-year-old 
Mm, I, I would say that that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you watched the video I sent I you on I Mortal did. Kombat Annihilation, but yeah, I, I, in, a, in a way, I, I guess that means that uh, Lair, Lawrence Kasanoff is the <laughs> six-year-old yeah. in this case. Oh, man, a perfect example of a guy going mad with like success and power. Um, because, uh, yeah, thank you for sending that video, by the way. Basically, the quick story is, uh, I mean, since Mortal Kombat 1 was such a sort of a surprise uh, hit, um, he basically went uh, mad with power on the second one and, uh, you know, uh, just decided to make a movie without bothering to have a decent script. Uh, is that, uh, was that accurate, you'd say? Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's weird, though, like, he was... Like I don't know if you looked at his IMDb, but he's got like some like like a very surprising IMDb. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of it is um, it's stuff that isn't rated very well, but stuff that's well known. Mm-hmm. Like he was an executive producer. Uh, he was a producer on the original Mortal Kombat. He's kind of the one that actually got the ball rolling on yeah. getting uh, the Mortal Kombat movie made, as well mm-hmm. as the um, cartoon and stuff. But he was like the producer on Beowulf. Uh, I see that like, movie. Did you see that one? With Christopher Lambert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. have? Oh, man, we have to do that it's, one it's one time. <laughs> I remember it being fun. Uh, you know, maybe not like, maybe somewhere between MK1 and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> it's, oh, wait a minute. I thought this was like Beowulf, the uh, CG movie. No, I have not seen this. Oh. But Christopher Lambert's in it, so I'll watch it. Ah, that, uh, that a boy, that a boy. That's the obscurity now way. <laughs> There we go. But yeah, um, he was uh, then he also produced like Bobbleheads, the movie. Wow, I never knew that why, was. Why did somebody <laughs> think that that would be like a good thing? But then he's also like a producer on Lego Star Wars, um, like this like TV movie mm-hmm. uh, based on Lego Star Wars. So I, I don't know. He's he's got a real weird IMDb. Right. Well, uh, speaking of the IMDb, should we uh, dig a little bit uh, deeper into Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Let's do it. All right. Welcome to your feature presentation. <laughs> you sounded, hey, uh, medicine. You sounded very refreshed there. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, very refreshing old fashioned man. I kind of wish I had one, to be honest. Like, all my attempts to, to try to get drunk while going out at these things have failed but that's another story maybe i'll save it for the end of the uh of the episode but anyway okay so mortal kombat annihilation premiered in north america november 21st 1997 nothing like heaping help on a mortal kombat next to your like turkey and mashed potatoes am i right Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it's rated PG-13 and is an hour and 35 minutes. And here's a synopsis in case for some reason you have no idea what Mortal Kombat is about. A group of martial arts warriors has only six days to save the Earth from an extra-dimensional invasion. And I- I'm glad they said extra-dimensional because that's the thing about aliens, you hell, is that many people think that they're just going to you know, come down in their... Like, <laughs> You know, they're flying saucers, but no, no, they could be coming 
from any other kind of dimension. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course, Steve. <laughs> Wait, are we talking I'm not, I'm about not an idiot? Uh, <laughs> are we reviewing a uh, another Dan Aykroyd documentary right now? Oh, oh, oh wait, I, I blacked out. Okay. <laughs> oh man, he must be so aroused these days with all the uh, UFO stuff. <laughs> Just a constant boner, and a UFO yeah. boner. Uh, but uh, yeah, we we definitely need to do another one of those. But uh, moving on. So the director of Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and uh, all right, we're gonna go through all the people you know that you need to blame. <laughs> For this movie and uh starting off is john r leonetti and he was actually the cinematographer on mortal kombat one and uh since they couldn't get uh paul ws anderson back from the previous film uh, i think you guys would probably know him from uh the a couple of the resident evil movies if not all of them i think he i think he does most of them yeah, believe, most yeah. of them and then, of course, uh, like he went to do Event Horizon, a, a far superior film, if you ask me. And uh, so he wasn't around to do uh, MK2. So all they did, they just went ahead and promoted the cinematographer to director. And, uh, and, and aside from, from this, the only other stuff he's directed is like sort of like trash Blumhouse horror, like Annabelle, Wish Upon... Uh, he worked on uh, Sleepy Hollow, the series, and something else called uh, Lullaby. Um, but uh, yeah, after watching this, I think he should uh, probably s uh, stick to uh, cinematography. But uh, anyway. So you, you, you like Event Horizon? Do you? Yeah, I do. Okay. What, you don't like Event Horizon? Uh, not really. Um, uh, I think it's overrated. I I think it's uh, garnered quite the. It's you know what I'll be honest. It's been a while since most I, people like it. Most people like it. Yeah, I'm, I mean I'm surprised that you don't. Uh, you know, it's got space. Your favorite thing, your boner inducing it's, thing. It's got Jason Isaacs of uh, Star Trek Discovery fame, the worst <laughs> Star Trek show. Uh, <laughs> uh, sure, that's what I was going to mention next. Thank you for. Uh... I'm sure. I'm sure that is. No, I I I mean it's all right, but. I don't know. I, I didn't think it was like, I don't know. It's so weird. Like, I mean, it's certainly competent. It's not bad or anything, I, but I think people are just like, maybe it's because I watched so much sci-fi. Mm -hmm. I didn't find any of it particularly innovative or interesting. It was like kind of derivative to me. So it's, it's not bad. I just think it's overrated. Right. I, I think the sort of story or what could have been behind it is what is what has elevated it over the years. Like the fact that the, uh, like the the original negatives were destroyed in some salt mine, so you know that scene where they have the flashbacks to to hell and stuff, or or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like apparently those were supposed to be a lot longer and way more graphic and gorier, uh, but there's no way to do a director's cut because the original negatives were destroyed. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's already like an hour and a half, so like it's it's long enough. <laughs> Right, so hell doesn't like Event Horizon. Take that for what you will, audience. Okay, moving on. So yeah, uh, old Larry Kazanoff, um, which I mean, we should probably do a shout out to that video that we watched. Do you remember what it's called? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it was a Matt McMuscles video. Mm -hmm. uh, we're uh, we're we are internet acquaintances. Uh, he has a great channel, and he does a series called uh, What Happened, where he like covers you know kind of infamous uh movies and uh video games and kind of like their development and uh yeah it's really well researched stuff uh delivered in a pretty fun mm -hmm. style and we will be referencing it a lot throughout this episode so make sure you go check it out so yeah, yeah thanks for doing the work for us matt Appreciate yes thank it. you well <laughs> he's a good guy. oh i was uh, i mean i was very impressed over the amount of um 
of research that he did. And at first I was like, wow, I, I feel like an obsolete mule. But then I was like, you know, you know what this video is missing? It's missing, um, you know, references to um, a uh, vasectomy, basically. And uh, yeah, references... that, that is the one thing. Uh... <laughs> And references to the Malibu and Ultraverse universe from the 90s. I mean, <laughs> there was yeah, none of that yeah, in that, his that, video. Like, you know, he's almost got it, you know. <laughs> sure, he's got like almost 600,000 sure. subscribers. Yeah, but is he... Yeah, you know, where he, he's this close are to getting Are the vasectomy it, references? Like, yeah, that's what he needs to like push him to the next level. <laughs> yeah. Take it from us and our, uh, our huge subscriber base. Okay. So Lawrence Kazanoff, in addition to being, uh, you know, the producer of uh, both Mortal Kombat's, he went ahead and decided to promote himself to uh, a writer on uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And uh, Hell already mentioned a bit of his um, IMDb, but the only other stuff that he's credited to writing on is something called Food Fight. And, um, and but uh, yeah, he's usually a producer. He was credited as a producer on True Lies, which, I mean, is pretty impressive. I'd say that's probably the most impressive thing on his uh, resume, I guess, aside from Mortal Kombat. Uh, and I guess one of his sort of right-hand mans, which is proper English, is uh, Joshua Wexler, who also worked on Food Fight, you know, the blockbuster kids' film Food Fight. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, he's uh, alone has produced tons of Lego movies, and the only other thing he's credited uh, to writing on is uh, it, The Adventures of Clutch Powers and uh, Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm. Um, and of course... Uh, yeah, and... Go ahead. I was just going to say, food, food Fight is also kind of infamous for how bad it is. Like, yeah. There's... I don't know if you've ever watched... Uh, I mean, I've never seen the whole movie, but I've watched mm -hmm. like a few videos on it. I know Cynical Reviews has a good one. I Hate Everything has a pretty good one on it. Um, but yeah, it's... It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, watching the clips uh, in our uh, the Matt McMuscles video of Food Fight, it looks like we might want to give it a, a watch <laughs> and a review, possibly. Yeah. Uh, so the last um, person credited, um, at least in the story production, because there's still two more writers to talk about, is uh, John Tobias himself, MK creator. Um, he's on... He's credited on all the MK movies, including the the newly unreleased uh, sequel. Now, the screenplay is actually done by some pretty credible-looking guys. Um, I mean, maybe at the... Oh, like you think they're hot? No, no. I mean, the stuff that they worked on. Like, they actually oh, have... Oh, you said incredible-looking guys. <laughs> Credible. <laughs> Man, you're just oh, hearing things. You're hearing things. All right, so... Maybe you're just saying things that you've been wanting to get off your chest. Uh, well, more on that later. Uh, all right. So Brent V. Friedman. Uh, and the thing that I thought was most interesting that he had on his IMDb is an unreleased Earthworm Jim, uh, like animated series called Earthworm Jim Beyond the Groovy. I forgot. Are you an Earthworm Jim guy? You like Earthworm Jim? Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's all not right. bad. But, uh, I, like it. I like it better than Event Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that statement. Uh, so he also worked on the Crow series, Stairway to Heaven. Uh, that might be worth a look someday. Uh, Dark Skies, and I don't mean to uh, jump into your territory here, but uh, Star Trek Enterprise. And, of course, we round out his hard work with Hollywood Hot Tubs 2, Educating Crystal. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say edging. <laughs> 
edging crystal. Oh, wow. Edging Um, the tub, edge of the tub. (laughs) So should I run the bumper or are there some other? uh, Oh, there are quite a few Star Trek Uh, alumni, surprisingly. All right. Well, let me finish. All right. The last guy who worked on the actual screenplay is a guy named Bryce Zabel. Have you ever met anyone named Bryce who like was cool? <laughs> I don't think uh, I have. No, but I've met a, I've, I've met a few people with the last name Zabel. Are you serious? No, I'm not serious. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Are you able, Mr. Zabel, to not be a douchebag? Okay, so No, I don't think I've ever met a Bryce in real life. Well, this Bryce Zabel guy is a former CNN correspondent turned screenplay writer. He worked on Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, uh, our favorite show, Mantis, uh, again, Dark Skies, and again, The Crow series. And those are all the people who are responsible for Mortal Kombat Annihilation, at least in the script department. So uh, who are some of the thespians who uh, brought uh, this uh, masterpiece to life before the camera? There's a pretty big cast, mm-hmm. so I am uh, not really going to go through everything Nor that should you. Uh, everyone is known for. Nor should you. Uh, but first off, we do have Liu Kang, played by Robin Shu. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually still, um, well, actually, his last name was in 2014, so I guess he's not doing anything. <laughs> Although he does have, it does say he's got like a TV uh, movie thing mm-hmm. coming up, so I guess he's still out there. He's probably doing stunts or something. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, you know he's uh, kind of most known for Mortal Kombat, uh, but he basically has just been in a bunch of action movies and some video games. Um, then we have Talisa Soto, mm-hmm. who plays Katana. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have James uh, Remar. He's, he who prefers plays to the be new called Raiden. James Captain Charisma Remar. You know what's so crazy? Yeah, this guy's devoid of charisma. You're 100 percent right in this movie. However, he's been in a shit ton of stuff. Mm. Uh, most recently, freaking Oppenheimer. He was Henry. Oh wow! An Oppenheimer. Wow. Uh, but yeah, he's got 179 credits. Uh, he's got four upcoming, uh, and he's been in a lot of. And you know what's weird is when I uh, started watching this, I recognized his voice, and it's because uh, I haven't played in a long time. But he's uh, in the Destiny games. Oh. He hmm. plays. Uh, executor uh, Hideo in the uh, Destiny games, yeah. but uh, anyways, he's been in a a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Sandra Hess. Uh, speaking of devoid of charisma, she plays Sonya <laughs> Blade, and <laughs> is that her delivery? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, she's uh, she's real good. Mm. Uh, Anyways, also not really known for a lot of stuff, uh, but somehow got work in 33 projects. Uh, then we've got Lynn Red Williams, who plays Jax. Mm-hmm. And uh, I recognize him right away from American Gladiators. Course, he was American Gladiators, yep. And honestly, I, I mean, some of the dialogue they gave him is pretty bad. But yeah. he's not that bad of an actor. No, really. he just, uh, and again, this is how I feel. He was probably told to act. He just acted like every sort of typical like black stereotype in the 90s right right this is that exactly yeah when i was watching this i was like oh i see some white guys you know <laughs> this is like their idea of like what a black guy talks like sure, sure. uh because if, if, if you've ever like uh I mean, maybe it's because i recently watched a couple of american gladiator um documentaries that came out this year but 
you listen to the guy talk. I mean, he does not sound like this no, at all. No, definitely not. Not yeah. at all. I could just see uh, but, uh, old Larry. He's like, you're, you're not black enough. Can you black it up for me, please? Black it up for me. <laughs> and he's probably like, I'm literally a black man. This yeah. is why I speak. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, he's actually, I'm surprised he doesn't have, he only has 13 credits to his name. Last one was Saints Row in 2013, a game that my buddy Alex worked on. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of odd. I'm surprised he didn't get more work because, you know, good looking guy, built, decent actor. Eh, uh, surprised it didn't work out. Quick for him. little bit of but, a tr- trivia that uh, Michael Jai White was actually supposed to be Jax, but he got the lead part in Spawn instead. Uh, and ironically, he went on to portray Jax. And uh, did you ever watch those? Like Mortal Kombat the uh, episode, yeah, the web yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat Legacy, something like, yeah, yeah. He was that. That was pretty good. Definitely better than. I didn't watch it, but <clears> I've been meaning to because Jerry Ryan, who plays Seven of Nine on Star Trek Voyager, uh, she's in it. Yeah. Yes. How many more things am I going to bring back to Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> uh, until the day you die, I'm sure you'll find a way somehow. Somehow. All right. Then we've got uh, Irina or Irina Pan. Pantiava, wow. Panteva, maybe mm-hmm. Jade is who she plays. Mm-hmm. Um, moving right along, we've got another alumni from American Gladiators playing Motaro, Darren McBee. Malibu. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was Malibu in American Gladiators. Mm-hmm. He uh, is still acting, actually. He uh, was on something called Superficially Deep last year. Um, and he's got quite a few credits to his name, 55. Uh, so good for him. And if he can. I, I also. If, I was going to say, if he can bounce back from this, like, he can, <laughs> he's going to have a I mean, long I, career. I, well, he's another guy. Like, I mean, all his lines are pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. For the most most people's but, lines are. Yeah, but so are most people's lines. And he delivers them well, you know, like, he's got presence. Yeah, they, you know? yeah, he and uh, Jax, I mean, they tried at least. Uh, and yeah, yeah. there's a few people who are trying, and then a few that just have no idea what they're doing. Speaking of people with weird names, his wife, his ex wife, her name is, I don't even know, Drizen? It's D-R-Z-A-N. Why do you know Malibu's Drizen? ex-wife's name? Because she's my current wife. <laughs> and I've yet to uh, learn her name. Um, no, it, it's like on his IMDb um, uh, thing, like the blurb. You, she was you met her at the castle, did you? <laughs> she was in this thing called Body Slam, the making of a professional wrestler, which stars Christopher Daniels, Ooh, the Fallen okay. Angel, nice, and John Heidenreich. Do you remember John Heidenreich? No, who was he? He's the guy that, uh, in, in a backstage skit, he basically pins Michael Cole up to a wall on SmackDown and implies he's going to sexually assault him oh all right yeah all right i've heard of that yeah you would remember that (laughs) um (laughs) you brought it up you weirdo (laughs) anyways moving along we've got lightfoot uh that's the actor's name not the character he plays so lightfoot who play who plays nightwolf Mm. and uh you know credit where credit's due they actually hired a native american actor to play nightwolf he looked great um, i mean it's too bad there wasn't more nightwolf Uh, i mean as far as you know his like actual acting ability, and, but he's he definitely looked like a night wolf. You know, I, I man, like some with some of these actors, it's hard to tell like if it's their performance that's bad or if it's just like the 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 material is so bad they couldn't like 
you know, elevate it. It is so a, some do, some don't. It is a shit trifecta of problems because like, or not only yeah. do you have like a lot of people here who like acting is not their number one thing. It's clear they're like, you know, from the world of like fitness models and martial arts and stuff, but you've got a director who's never directed actors before. He's only done cinematography. So there's no one there going, Hey, uh, the way you delivered that line sucked. Can you do it a different way? And then there's a shitty. He's, uh, he's, te- he's telling Lightfoot, "Can you make it sound more black?" Yeah, <laughs> he's like I'm Native American. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't sound uh, Tonto enough. Can you? Uh, yeah. You don't sound. T- yeah. <laughs> well, this guy Lightfoot, um, he's I, I'm sure most people would recognize him if they recognize him from in, the Indian in the cupboard. Mm. He's oh, a there little you bear. Go. Okay. And the Indian in the cupboard. I've never and, actually uh, seen but, that movie. Oh, it's it, the the. I mean, it's fine, but. Um, <laughs> I think it's overrated too, <laughs> but the the special effects are fantastic mm-hmm. in that movie for the time. But um, yeah, he he's got like a really interesting career. He mostly does like motivational speaking. Uh, he does a lot of philanthropy work for uh, do, Native American do you tribes. Think he knows about destrucity. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but uh, anyways, moving right along, we've got uh, we're trying to get through this. Chris Conrad plays Johnny Cage. Um, who uh, this guy's been in like 40 things. So he's, he's he, this guy looks so nondescript. Right. He is right. like, like, like if you typed into an AI generator, image generator, good looking, fit white guy, he would be the guy that would come up, you know? Yep. Um, but he was in Wing Commander 4, The Price of Freedom, the video game, great <laughs> game. Uh, you know who else is in that? Um, it's Luke, Luke Skywalker, right? Or, Mark Hamill yeah. is his real name, uh, but so is Malcolm McDowell, who uh, played uh, Soren in Star Trek: The Next Generation's first film, Generations. But anyways, uh, Conrad here, he was in three episodes of Hercules: The Legendary Journey. Ooh, very nice. Um, yeah, which is kind of cool. I don't know. I, lo- I love that show, but sure. uh, I almost I love that kid. <laughs> I love that man. That man meat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, he was in the not in the original um, Johnny Cage. From the original Mortal Kombat, they basically, this is something we gleamed from Matt McMuscle's video. Uh, the original Johnny Cage, uh, he looked at the script, thought it was terrible, but naturally he would have to have been paid more. This being, uh, he had an option in his contract, he would be paid more on a sequel. And they uh, didn't want to pay him. And uh, from the quote that Matt, Mac- Matt McMuscle's found, uh, it sounds like he was not too upset yeah. that they did not want to use him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they got this guy uh, who honestly looks a lot like the original he Johnny does. Cage. He does. To the point where I didn't realize it was a different person until I watched Matt's video. You know what? I'll admit that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all look alike to us, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, and uh, he's only in the movie for, what, like, Five minutes, maybe. Uh, yeah, and then he yeah, gets he gets his... killed off by yeah. uh, Shao Kahn pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Shao Kahn, you like that segue? Shao Kahn is played by Brian Thompson. Mm-hmm. Brian Thompson, he's got one of those faces that uh, you recognize. He's been in a ton of stuff. I actually, <laughs> it's not good in this, but I actually no. like him a lot as an actor. I've seen him a lot of stuff that he's really good in, <gasps> including uh, mm-hmm. Star Trek: The Next Generation. He plays. Um, uh clag klingon and he's actually really really good it's really it's one of the few uh season two episodes of tng that's really good him and Riker have some really fun scenes where like uh there's a great scene where Riker implies that he's gonna have a threesome with some of the klingon women that are uh, (laughs) 
try to like flirt with him on the ship because basically Riker is doing this exchange program where he goes on a Klingon ship for a week. Exchanging it's, it's, it's actually really fluids. Fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but he's also in Star Trek Generations. He was also in Star Trek uh, Enterprise. Uh, I thought he was on DS9, but I guess not. Oh, yeah, he was. He uh, he was in two episodes of Star Trek DS9. So this guy is like, and he was in Star Trek Generation. Oh, I already mentioned that. So anyways, this guy's been in a bunch of Star Trek stuff. Uh, then we've got Wait, Reiner. Uh, before, before we move on, I think with that guy's face, I feel like he would have been a better Baraka than... You know the uh, the Halloween mask they got to play Baraka in this. Yeah, it's literally just like a crappy mask. Yeah, they, put they didn't even do makeup. Yeah, and I'll also say, as far as his performance, I mean, all right, it's clear from his IMDb, you know, that the guy has skills, but it's uh, it's like kind of like a clear case of like, again, he didn't have any direction, so he just went over the top <laughs> as, as much yeah. as he could. Um, but but it, I suspect that they told him to be that way. Way because um, the, the next guy I was going to bring up, Reiner Schoen, who plays Shunk, uh, his dad, Shao Khan's dad, and Raiden's father, he's very over oh, the top, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and this guy uh, has been in a ton of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, he's still acting. Um, he's been, he has like 150 credits. I mean, he, he's been in like a ton of like decent stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But you know what? Maybe they weren't given direction. They just said, F it. Let's just be yeah. over the top. But uh, also, uh, Reiner here, he was he, he played Isak in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> so uh, good on him. Up next, we've got Musetta. We're almost done. Musetta Vander, who plays uh, Sindel. Mm. She was also in an episode of Star Trek what? Uh, Voyager. What? She got more work uh, after this? That's insane. All right, continue. Oh, dude, 84 credits. She still, she has something this wow. year. Well, maybe she should get, hopefully she got better. All right. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully. I, I didn't mention it, but quite a few people uh, in this cast are also in popped up in episodes of Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. Uh is one of them. But, uh, you know, she was also in Viper, oh. uh, the great show <laughs> Viper. So, you know, she's Gotta, good. You're right. You, you know, she's good. me wrong. You did. All right. And last but least, <laughs> <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Margian Holden, uh, who played Shiva. Mm-hmm. Um she uh, is still acting uh, as recently as last year, and uh, she was in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And that is the end of our cast list and the end of our Star Trek All right, here we go. Ah, oh no, we've just entered another Star Trek connection. Ah! Uh, just a real quick, just some uh, a little more trivia. There were two sort of, I don't know, martial arts legends. I mean, and this was actually, I think, his uh, first, it says it's his first film role. You know, uh, Ray Park, the guy who played uh, Darth Maul in uh, Star Trek Episode One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uh, the um, Raiden's... Did you just say in Star Did Trek I? Episode oh, One? shoot. <laughs> uh, Star Wars Episode One. Wow. Like, if... That would really make some people angry. Well, if this was like 10 years ago, it would make people angry. But uh, I don't think anyone cares at this point. So, uh, yeah, Ray Park, this was his first film role as Raiden's uh, fight double. And then we also have uh, uh, Tony Jaa. You ever see any Tony Jaa movies like uh, The Protector? He was kind of a big deal at the end of the 90s. 
He's from Thailand. Um, no, I, I can't. I can't say that. I, that, oh, that yeah, I remember. He's, he's yeah. really good. But anyway, he doubled for Robin Chu in a couple of the uh, the stunt sequences. Uh, so yeah, just throwing that in there real quick. Um, so yeah, wow, we got through that huge cast. Oh, okay. I looked him up. Tony Jaa. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I recognize him now. And uh, so, pff, wow. Oh, wow. My whole walkthrough is not here. Um, so I'm. Even your walkthrough doesn't want a part of this. <laughs> exactly. Um, so hmm, let's see if I can do this uh, from the from my memory. Like so, basically, it starts off with they. Oh, at least at the very beginning, they got the uh, the original theme back, which they only use at the beginning and at the very end of the theme or the the movie, and then the rest of the like the score this time. Even though it's the same guy, like what do you think about it? No, they, they they use the Mortal Kombat theme during a fight scene. Also, which one? There's one fight scene that they use it. Uh, I, it's one of the ones towards the end. I can't remember, but they do use it one time during the mm-hmm. movie. Um, but um, the score is fine. I mean, it's I don't know. It, it's not terrible or anything, but it, it's not as memorable as uh, the yeah. First I mean, one. there are some that are. Uh, uh sections of it that are downright uh, terrible including and i know we're getting ahead of ourselves here when the movie basically turns into a godzilla film at the end when uh, Liu kang gets his dragon animality uh against shao khan's mm-hmm. i guess it's supposed to be a hydra or something there's just the yeah it's like a dragon hydra yeah. it's because it's got like three heads but it's also dragon yeah yeah like the it's hard to tell it's such like a cgi mess like this movie came out in what ninety seven? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it looks like nineteen ninety two, nineteen ninety three, kind of CG. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's very. Bad. I mean, the whole film in general is a step down from the first film, and uh, according to Matt McMuscles, they had uh, a bigger budget for this movie than they did for right. Mortal Kombat one, um, and they also said that. Uh, I guess in the original test screenings for Mortal Kombat 1, people said that there weren't enough uh, fights, so they had to go back and film some some more fight scenes. So uh, Larry took that and ran with it for MK2 here and just decided to film as many fights as possible and I guess ignore any kind of possible you know, character arcs or development and anything like that. Like, What do you think of the fights in this movie compared to the original Mortal Kombat? There's a lot more of them, and they're not as good uh, as I would yeah, describe them. Yeah, they're so short um, because there's just so many characters. I guess they just have to like burn through them. It's like, okay, a little uh, high kick there, a little bada bing, bada boom. All right, you're dead. Well, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's way too many. Hey, Smoke Monsters is here. He said he never saw this movie. Well, consider yourself. Oh, yeah, and that reminds um, me. We didn't really go through the... Uh, the history of Mortal Kombat Annihilation with ourselves. Like, did you actually see this in the theater when it came out? No, I did not see this in theaters. I think I walked into it after watching another movie. Uh, cause I remember vividly just walking in and seeing like, uh, Jade get eaten by the random reptile, uh, the bad CGI. Like wh- what video game system would you equate these graphics to? You know, I would say I would equate them to the pre-rendered graphics that we would see from like SGI, which is like silicon mm-hmm. graphics. Uh, whenever you'd see like pre-rendered 
Killer Instinct ads or ads for even Donkey Kong Country. Where it was like rendered at a higher resolution, but you know, it still wasn't great. But they leaned into the fact that like, oh, we're making this cartoonish or whatever. But imagine that level of quality, but trying to make it realistic and failing in every possible mm -hmm. way. Uh, but you know, one of the things you mentioned was that the budget was increased. The first Mortal Kombat had a budget of uh, 18 million, I think mm -hmm. it was, and this one was like 40 mm -hmm. million, Sounds right? About right. like that. And apparently they used the money to do a lot of location filming. Um, and some of the locations are pretty cool, but uh, it really wasn't necessary. And I, and I guess like the special effects uh, suffered as a result. And uh, one of the things that you mentioned was the screenings and in the test screenings, apparently for this movie, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, Test audiences really liked it, and the most of the VFX were not supposed to be the final VFX, but because whatever morons they found <laughs> to put into this uh, test screening uh, liked it so much that the studio was like, "Oh, f it, ah, don't don't do any more work on the VFX. This is good enough." Man, that's uh, but they, but I don't know if I buy yeah. that. But uh, that's the story according to some of the people that worked on it. And again, that's from Matt Mike, Matt McMuscle's video on uh, this movie. Yep. Um, and uh, that I mean, they must have screened it <laughs> like the middle of like bumfuck nowhere. Like uh, they, they, it just must have been like a bunch of. I mean, because this movie like it fails as a movie and as a video game movie. So even if you're like the biggest Mortal Kombat mark in the world, uh, like I don't see how you could like this because the, the fights aren't good. It's mostly just people like getting kicked and like flying from one end edge of the screen to the other. Uh, I just, yeah, it blows my mind. Like who would watch this and be like, Oh, Oh, that was, that was great. I loved it. Like I, you don't, I think I, there's a lot of problems with this, mm -hmm. right? But I think one of the problems is that they tried to fit, they tried to like include every, almost every Mortal Kombat mm -hmm. character. Uh, for reference, Mortal Kombat 3 came out in 1995. So when this was being made, Mortal Kombat 3 was already out. Um, so, and that game has, you know, a, a lot of characters mm -hmm. in it. Um, they didn't even include them all in this movie. Uh, like there's no Kano, there's no um, Kung Lao. Uh, Cabal isn't in it. The Striker isn't in it. Uh, so you know, the, 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 like not every character is um, is in it, but there's still too many. Oh, you, you got that. And right. maybe if there were less fight scenes, they could have developed the characters more. But I think ultimately, there's so many characters that you couldn't have like really done any good. I, not, not that Mortal Kombat One is like the quintessence of character development, but you know, oh, we have Creative KV here in the chat. He said. Uh, <laughs> He's got another no fear shirt uh, here. Getting your spine ripped out takes a real man. <laughs> no fear. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna steal these and make actual shirts out of them. It's gonna be fantastic. Yes. Thank. Thank you for providing a stream of income for mm -hmm. us, Creative KV. Mm -hmm. Indeed. We'll 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 ship you your shirt for free. <laughs> the shipping is free. You still have to pay. Yeah, for it. Uh, <laughs> right. Thirty bucks. Thirty bucks a shirt. Um, but, uh, anyways, uh, I, I don't think we need to go through the movie like beat by beat or no, anything. No, no, but... I'm just trying to stall so I can get my, uh, proper notes up here. And now they are, um, I hope. I, I do like how the movie picks up basically right from where the last one ended, mm -hmm. uh, where we see like Shao Kahn, like show up at the end of the last movie. 
Like that's literally where it picks up. Right. From but here. The way Unfortunately, it immediately goes off the rails and makes no sense. Right. And I love just how they try to explain sort of the plot holes away with just like one line. And Luke Kane was like, I thought our victory closed the portals. And then you know, uh, lack of charisma riding is just, well, sometimes the portals reopen. Like, that's the that's why we have a sequel there. Because yeah. sometimes, and then they sort well, of explain later that Shao Khan um, is playing by his, uh, wait, did I say the right Khan? It's, that's the right Khan, right? No, 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 no. It's not Shao Khan. It's Shao Khan's dad, right. who's an elder god. Uh, I can't remember his name. I remember the actor's name, oddly enough. Um, um he, he was one of the, uh, the the people on Star Trek. Maybe that's why. But, <laughs> right. Well, uh, Khan, Connie Khan, ba- Tony Khan, that's who it is. <laughs> he uh, basically, they're, they're saying that he's playing by his own rules. It is Shao Khan. I did say the right one. Yeah. He's uh, playing by his own. No, it's not Shao Khan because Shao Khan's not a god. All right. I, all right. I didn't mean um, to refer to him as a god, but they're saying that Shao Khan is playing by his own rules, and that's why they're. But, but it's uh, Chinook. Chinook. Right, right. That's the guy who's actually opened the portal because later he's like explained to Shao Kahn like, oh, if the other gods find out, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. By the way, wh- what crappy gods that um, they, they, they're they unaware that this is going on. Uh, so I guess they're not uh, omniscient. Are, wait, are you uh, trying to say later... that gods might not be real? You hell? Is that what you're trying to say? Oh, man. If they are, they're probably about as... Um, as competent as these is one Larry Kazanoff. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. uh, we end up like seeing later towards the end of the movie, like two, the other two, I guess only two other elder mm. gods, they show up and they tell like Shinnok, like, oh, this is bad. But do they immediately close the portals and fix things? No. They say the fate of the universe <laughs> is going to be decided via Mortal Kombat and leave Shao Kahn and Liu Kang to like fight it out. Like, yeah, what? It's, uh, it's my least favorite kind of like, deus ex machina where some rando gods show up and uh sort of like they you like you said they don't exactly fix things they just go oh well just like it says in our bible uh you know it's time for the mortal Kombat tournament to to, to uh, you know to decide everything (laughs) they don't say it in that voice or anything but that's basically what happens but uh the thing i think is funny at the beginning here is that the MK bad guys, they basically all show up from Outworld via fireball. And each one has their own fireball. I mean, couldn't they have carpooled? I mean, think of the environment here. <laughs> <laughs> they really should have. Uh, uh, Creative KB in the chat uh, said, uh, I, don't think, um, uh, I don't think Street Fighter 94 movie counts as obscure, so I don't think you guys have covered it like you have with the Mario movie. We, we haven't covered it, but we definitely could. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, Mortal Kombat is definitely not obscure, um, but yes, yeah, so someday we'll get to it. It's just, I mean, yeah, I'll yeah, add it I mean it's just one of those things that has already been covered en masse. Uh, oh, like right. this hasn't? So, yeah, and I was going to say, so, I mean, why not? Uh, you know, it's all, it's all about those views, baby. All about those downloads. Uh, so right when I hear Shao Kahn's voice, for some reason at the beginning here, it sounds just not like how I would picture his voice. It just sounds not good. And then we meet the new Raiden, and as we said, he has zero charisma. And I don't think, all right, obviously this guy's a decent actor since he keeps getting uh, work. He's just the wrong guy to play this role because, you know, you stack him up to um, Christopher Lambert's uh, Raiden, 
I mean, Christopher Lambert is not really a great actor either, but he has a certain way. How dare he has you? A, no, no, stay with me here. He has a certain way about him. He is he has charisma. He's like full charisma. I mean, he's a he's decent enough. He's never going to win an Academy Award or anything. But I, I mean, I'm just saying he was the right guy to cast at the time to be in your schlocky sort of B movie of Mortal Kombat One. Whereas, uh, you know, James Raymer is more like subdued. I mean, he actually probably could be in some sort of Oscar Beatty, you know, <clears throat> movie basically at some point. I, well, I mean, he's an Oppenheimer, yeah, there you go. right? Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, <laughs> he plays uh, Henry. I mean, would you, would you agree um, to that statement? Yeah, yeah. This guy just doesn't have, uh, and I don't know if it's because, you know, by the way, it's Raiden, not I'll Raiden. I'll say it how I want. Thank uh, you. Oh, oh, okay. Ninja wow. Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden, whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like he's, you know, I'm sure he's a fine actor otherwise because like you mentioned, he gets a lot of work. Um, although I think a lot of it is because of his voice. He has like a pretty cool he voice. Does. He does. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no charisma Do in this movie. Do you think that's why they cast uh, him? Because Christopher Lambert does have a cool voice. And they're just like, God, who can we get to carry... I'm a hundred percent sure that they cast him based on uh, the thank voice. You, um, <laughs> Smoke Monster here was talking about uh, when you were talking about thinking about the environment and like how maybe they bought, bought carbon credits to offset the cost. <laughs> then he also wrote uh, "Mortal Greenwashing." <laughs> but um, nice. But yeah, he, he. I don't know, man. Like it's weird. Like he doesn't either. And I get that. This guy didn't want to like do an imitation of Christopher mm-hmm. Lambert's Raiden, but at the same time, he acts nothing. No, like the other Raiden. The other Raiden was kind of like a little goofy, He's like a, a little, little bit like, of a trickster hammy. kind of. This Raiden, if I must say it that way, he <laughs> several times he reminds me of a youth pastor. You, you know what I'm talking about? Because mm. he's like, "Oh, I, I'm gonna yeah. pray for you." He actually says that at, at one point, like towards the end. Yeah, who is he praying? Yeah, to? yeah, and he's always like. Uh, He's always got his like arm around someone, like telling them to believe in themselves and stuff like that. And I'm just like, God. Yeah, he's he's like a walking motivational poster. He's like like when Jax shows up, uh, when Jax meets Raiden for the first time. You know, Jax has those big cyborg metal mm-hmm. arms. Raiden's like, you don't need those arms. <laughs> you just have to believe in yourself. And Jax is like, no, I need these arms. We're fighting like crazy extra dimensional right. beings he's like no 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 man all you all you gotta do is believe in and, you and the, <laughs> take those off you, take off do your you remember pants. the scene when like uh raiden raiden excuse me was uh you know he got into the passenger seat uh to drive a car and then jacks got in and then he immediately changed the station to rap music i mean i thought that was a little <laughs> a little sus <laughs> steve steve uh just uh out of curiosity, how do you pronounce from Street Fighter 2, not Ken, but the other uh, karate Ryu? character? Yeah, okay. yeah. All right, yeah, just check suck it. it. <laughs> just check it. I'm just, I'm just checking, Steve. Just check uh, it. So, uh, uh, what, 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 about, what about from Street Fighter 2, the character with the stretchy arms? How do you say uh, his name? <laughs> what? Well, what, how do you say it? Okay. I, I mean, I, I actually, I'm not sure that you're wrong. 
but I thought it was Dalsum. I've heard it both ways. Like, yeah, I don't know. No one cares about that guy anyway. So cheap. Uh, Creative Kiwi Smoke Monster in the chat. Feel free to write how you think Steve is doing. <laughs> yeah, writing. It Make sure you do it phonetically so we know what's going on. Smoke Monster wrote, now pronounce reuse lightning kick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty close. Creative KV wrote racist moment canceled. <laughs> All right. Speaking of racist mm-hmm. moments, uh, so, so just kind of touching on Jax mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, and I'm sorry, guys, we're, we're not really going through the story beat by beat, but so Jax gets rescued <laughs> from like a hospital or a medical which facility apparently in Hawaii. Which was supposed to be this massive prison break or something, which, I mean, why would. Jax even be, or no, it's supposed to be an outworld prison. That's right. That's right. Right, right. It was initially going to be an outworld mm. prison, but I guess it was too expensive, expensive yeah. or elaborate. Uh, by the way, Creative KV said he already wrote a letter to Biden. <laughs> I was to uh, get Thank canceled. You. Please do. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, like he gets rescued. He's just, there's nobody in this facility except for him. Uh, and at this point in the movie, so the, I, I guess we should say the premise is Shao Kahn shows up. In the beginning and he's like okay uh i'm taking over the earth and the way we're gonna do it is the the netherworld and your realm are gonna merge and it's gonna he says uh the earth was created in six days and so shall it be destroyed <laughs> so bad so in six days in six days earth is gonna be destroyed slash merged with another world, uh, and to facilitate this a bunch of his uh ninja clan foot soldiers i guess are gonna go around oh man those are so hilarious and like out of place it reminds me of uh i don't know for some reason monty python uh (laughs) like they might as well have like fake horses and coconut there's just a roaming like band of ninjas and then at one point when they're in like that weird sort of badland section with uh sonia and jacks there's like knights on horseback like what like what year is this like I mean, if and since they're from Outworld, I mean, shouldn't they have like uh, I don't know, magical lasers or something? I, it's just so weird and hokey. But then most of this movie is. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. It's weird. Like this movie, like unlike the first Mortal Kombat movie, which we both mm-hmm. liked, it's sure. fun. Um, it doesn't lean into the ridiculousness of the Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. universe, whereas the Mortal Kombat one. Like it's it's kind of like goofy. They have a few like uh, what's his face? Um, what's the character? Uh, Goro mm-hmm. in the first movie is kind of goofy and mm-hmm. funny. He's got like a lot. He's got a lot more personality than Sonya Blade sure. and Raiden in mm-hmm. this film. Um, so yeah, like it, you know, and there's a lot of like kind of like wink, wink, not you know, at the at the audience in the first one. And this one like takes itself way too seriously. Sure. Uh, you're right, and. Yeah, I mean, as I said at the the top, I mean, this is just a, a step down in or back, if you will, in so many ways. I mean, all of the like most of the fight scenes in the first one are pretty memorable and like pretty good. Uh, here, they're over edited. Yeah. They're too short. Um, it's mostly people just flying back into walls. There's very little like actual martial arts done and and if it is it's shot and edited in such a way that it just really doesn't have a lot of impact and the they barely use like their special power Mm. moves like in the beginning we do get like sub-zero like using his eye stuff a little bit but then that's it for the most part like um what i was going to say about Jax though is that 
so he gets rescued, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he's the only one at this facility. No one else is working. Uh, and he's just like lying on a mm-hmm. table with his new arms. And uh, I guess he was just like taking a nap because Sonia does nothing to wake him up other than just yeah, show up. Right. And why are is he like, because he asked, he, he says that like, oh, I wanted to get these mm-hmm. arms implanted or whatever. Why is he like strapped down to the table? This Because this is like a voluntary procedure. It's not like he's captive. But she says she's there to rescue. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's just one of the many continuity errors of the film, I guess. Because, um, I mean, as we said, yeah. originally it was supposed to be a, a a prison, an outworld prison or something. So, And they just didn't bother to fix it in the script. I mean, just a, a small dialogue change would have, uh, you know, would have worked wonders here. Um, but... So uh, in the chat, uh, sorry, Smoke Monster had written that Goro had two nominations for that role. I believe it. Goro is yeah, awesome in the first is. movie. But Creative Kivy wrote, hold up, I'm on Google Im- Images right now. And Mataro had some, got some funky elbow stuff going on. He needs to go see a skin doc. I, I wonder if um, Malibu, who plays uh, Motaro, mm-hmm. uh, Malibu of American Gladiators fame, um, uh, maybe he had uh, something going on with his elbows. Uh, oh, were you at the school the day that, I think it was Nitro? It was either Nitro or Turbo came into the school. The no, wrestling school. I was never there when anybody cool showed up. Oh, man, he was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, not cool enough for me to remember which one he was. <laughs> but uh, for those that don't know, Steve and I, we went to uh, the Dudley Boys Wrestling School mm-hmm. together. Uh, God, like uh, ages ago, more than 10 yeah, years yeah. ago now. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, the strength trainer, Dan Carr, is basically one of the co-creators of American Gladiators. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, if you ask some people, he's the real creator. And anyways, every once in a while, like somebody from American Gladiators would show up. Uh, Good times. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I wish Malibu would have shown up and I would have asked him about this movie. So uh, speaking of uh, Sonya, like, what do you think of the new Sonya actress versus the old one? I mean, the old one's not very good either. Right. Um, It's just a. But this one somehow is worse. It's just a different kind of energy. The. Original one, low. I energy. would say is is a somewhat better actress, and I don't know. She's got a like a look about her where she probably could beat your ass if she really wanted to. But oh, she's she's definitely like in yeah. shape. Like you see in some scenes, like she's when she's like picking stuff up, you can see like the definition in like her her chest right, muscles right. and stuff. Like I she's mean, I'm just saying shape. the new one is in shape too. But she just doesn't seem as like uh, I don't know threatening as the original Sonya for some reason. I don't know. It's just the energy. Is that? Do you think it's the actress or the way it was written? Um, I mean, maybe yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, probably both. And there, there's she has a funny line when um, I guess Raiden is trying to convince her to um, to like to join the fight or whatever, and she says. If I die, that's fine, but I'm not losing anybody else. I'm like, whoa, so you just don't care if you die? <laughs> wow, uh, okay. It's like, is this the person that you want defending Earth from Outworld? <laughs> She's got a, got a suicide <laughs> so, uh, wish here, death wish. Creative KV asks, is this good, bad, or bad, bad? And uh, I, I would say like that's what we're going to dis- here to yes. decide. And I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I haven't quite decided Oh, yet. I have decided. Uh, Letting this conversation. I've oh, decided. decided mm-hmm. I see. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's definitely mm-hmm. bad. I will say that. Um, and you know, on the plus side, it's only like ninety minutes, right? right hour and thirty-two minutes, um, basically. Yeah, there's a there's like ten and ten minutes of that is like credits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So uh, let's see. Did you did you watch? I, I don't know why I watched the credits, but I did. <laughs> and at the end of the credits, it says because I guess some of this was filmed in mm. Thailand. And uh, it says in the credits, like, it has, like, this paragraph that says, out of the respect uh, for the people of Thailand, no uh, traditional Thai locations were uh, destroyed mm -hmm. or implied to be destroyed through visual mm -hmm. effects or anything like that, which I thought that was interesting. I, and I wonder if, like, that's a requirement of shooting in Thailand. Like, you can't show, like, any, you know, like, recognizable thailand monuments like being destroyed yeah i mean i'd imagine it would be um they uh, really seem to care about that kind of stuff uh, i've actually been to thailand a few times um i don't know i i mean i went and saw what were you there to visit the mortal Kombat annihilation you locations? actually can <laughs> uh like one of the big tours is um did you i don't think i i think i we drove past it on i went to the one where the beach was filmed uh with uh you know, that movie, The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio. And then they have another one that's called mm -hmm. James Bond Island, which is where uh, the man with the golden gun um, was. Uh, was When you went to Thailand, Steve, did you uh, like like smell the sand and say, mm, this is where uh, James Raymond played <laughs> Raiden on this hollowed ground? Uh while your wife watched nervously. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I was looking for the Christopher Lambert smell, but I just couldn't find it because the man doesn't have one because he's just so cool. He doesn't even smell. Oh. <laughs> well, see, this got weird. All right. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so the creative cave, he asked, oh, you got free pieces of cheese by visiting the locations? I don't get that <laughs> reference, but... Um, Maybe because uh, these movies are cheesy. Oh, uh, all right. At least all this right. one is. Um, so in the games, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe Smoke or Creative, you guys know, but I thought Jax's arms were like actually robotic. Um, like they were, they had been replaced. Whereas in this movie, they're like these metal things that he slips on his arms. And because he, he ends up taking them off later and using his regular arm, just like Raiden told him. You just had to right. reveal well, himself. If I remember correctly, so in Mortal Kombat 2, he just had regular human arms, and then someone, uh, one of the outworlders, ripped them off, like Goro or somebody, one of the bosses. So in Mortal Kombat 3, that's when, yeah, he had to have actual robotic arms and not just slip-ons, <laughs> like phony. No, he, he always had uh, he always had robotic arms. Are you sure? Even in... Didn't he? Let me let me look. Oh no, you're yeah. right. You're right. Uh, Mortal Kombat Two, regular wait, arms. Wait. All right. All right. Fine. Let's look. <laughs> I'd be depressed if I knew the um, answer to this. Stop talking about my personal surprise. life. Smoke I'm monster. still not sure you're right, but uh, <laughs> Plastic Man. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It looks like you're right. But um, one of these days you'll learn to trust me. <laughs> but yeah, it's just really weird. I do think that the arms, uh, prop. I don't even know what you call it that they made mm. for him. Looks yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I know it's weird when he's. I mean, and I get why he's wearing. I, you know, before he gets towards the act, third act or whatever, he's wearing like a weird vest over it, um, which kind of makes it look a little weird. But I guess it would also be weird if he was shirtless the entire time. So yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, he still ends up shirtless yeah. most of the yeah, movie, yeah, but for sure. Um, so let's see here. I Raiden sends Liu Kang. And Katana to go meet Nightwolf. Uh, meanwhile, he and yeah, Liu Kang. Yeah, Raiden tells Liu Kang that he's got to pass three tests. 
uh, to be, because basically Liu Kang is like, uh, Raiden is like, listen, you guys are not ready to take on Shao mm-hmm. Kahn. Like, yeah, 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 you won the Mortal Kombat tournament, but this is different. He's sexier, <laughs> and you're just you're just not ready for right, that but... D. So he tells... Oh, go ahead. So yeah, he tells Liu Kang that he's got to pass three tests, and like he needs to um, talk to Nightwolf. He says Nightwolf will find you. <laughs> um, but before... All right, so how do our heroes get to these different locations that they're supposed to go to. <laughs> so apparently earth has these underground tunnels, Steven. Mm-hmm. Um, and you travel in them by loading yourself into a giant. No, no, ball. that's not uh, what it is. It's atmosphere from American gladiators. <laughs> yeah, it is like the atmosphere actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's 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 like a like a spherical cage mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And pray and they pray s- that the other person in there with you is of well, I guess whatever your sexual preference may be because you're basically awkwardly standing like face to face with one another like your body is like this like <laughs> yeah so sonya's yeah. opposite Jax and katana is opposite of uh Liu kang and basically what what powers those balls is your bodies rubbing up against one another well may, i might have made that part up <laughs> but uh, you can be the judge well the funny thing is like they're like oh this is uh a way to travel really fast it'll get you there uh, but <laughs> they say I, I think it's like uh, Katana that says it, but she says something like, yeah, in these spheres, they travel incredibly fast. You'll be, you can get anywhere to Earth in hours. You can do that on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, there's where your budget went right there over this stupid, like, Atlas sphere, I don't know, hollow Earth, like, special effect that didn't need to be there. Why didn't they just... Yeah, it, it, it's only used mm-hmm. once. They build these fucking tunnels, and they... When the first one takes off, uh, I can't remember if it's Melina or somebody says, oh, faster than I remember. It, it left like at 20 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, It's so stupid. I mean, this is if this would be in like a DuckTales or Indiana Jones like movie, like that would be one thing. But it's like I thought you were trying to save money here, Larry. And it's, you took all the money out of like script development and, you know, having an actual director and you put it into a fucking spear balls in the middle of the of the earth like where i mean how much blow was he doing back then like it's it just doesn't yeah. make any sense um so so yeah as you said they end up at uh or luke king ends up at uh night wolves where he goes on a weird spiritual journey to learn his um animality <laughs> the way <laughs> when night wolf jumps at him as a wolf and then transforms he goes that was my animality. <laughs> like the way he delivers that line <laughs> just cracks me up. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Then he, it's weird. He, he like falls asleep where he ends up meeting Jade and like Jade wants to like bone or make out or something. But then it's just a test and they fight. No, no, they fight. Then she says it's a test. Like what is what is going on here? I don't know. And like Liu Kang only gets like really one test. Mm-hmm. Anyway, from Nightwolf, even though Nightwolf said there would be three. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Real real weird. Um, yeah, apparently everybody wants to like bone Liu Kang, but Liu Kang only has eyes for... Is Katana. it Katana? Yeah, it's, it's Katana. You said Melina earlier, but yeah. yeah, it's Katana, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like Jade kisses him and Liu Kang's like, no, 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 no. 
I, I only have love in my heart for uh, Katana. <laughs> it would be funnier if he's like. I'm more. I'm more of a Sindel man. Uh, yeah. She 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 seems a little bit more gothy. Wait, Sindel, the the four armed woman. No, that's oh Shida. no, Yari, you're right. Yeah, I keep getting them mixed up. Sindel is, is Katana's yeah, mom. Sindel, I don't know. I kind of kind of like Jade <laughs> in a way, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I. I'm not surprised. I can definitely Steve. see I'm you. Yeah, I mean, same to you, brother. Same to you. Uh, so basically, we get introduced to the new maskless Sub Zero. What did you think about the whole maskless Sub Zero thing? I mean, yeah, it was all right. I mean, he. I do like that they at least acknowledge that. Um, you know, like Luke Hang's like, oh, I thought I killed mm -hmm. you, and he's like, nope, that was my brother. Yeah, but I'm here to help Katana, but, not you. But just. Um, it, it was yeah, all right. but just like with um, you know him showing up, just has like no, just the way it's filmed, and and in him, it's like completely lacks the gravitas of the original. Just the way the original Sub Zero and Scorpion when they show up in like the first movie, it's just like I don't know, so well filmed. It's like oh, those guys are such badass, and here he's just like, hey, I'm I'm Maskless Sub Zero. That was my brother before. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, just forgettable, just like most of the encounters in this film is or are. And then we get Scorpion again. He yells, suckers, and then kidnaps Katana. Yeah, what is that? Like, like Scorpion yelled, suckers. I laughed out loud. I was just like, what? To me, that almost feels like a – so the voice of um, Sub-Zero is – is it Ed Boon or Tobias? I can't – I think it's Ed – uh, I believe it's yeah. Ed Boon. I feel like he went into the voiceover booth and uh, just like, you know, he did the regular lines and then he was messing around. And then uh, in the edit, they thought, oh, this will be funny. We're going to make Scorpion say suckers before he kidnaps Katana. Yeah, it's so weird. Like it's it, it is laugh out loud, but in like the most ridiculous way possible. Maybe if they would have done more stuff like that, this would be more enjoyable of a film. But uh, just yeah. weird. But by the way, uh, of the uh, sphere that they travel in, Smoke Monster and the Chad Ridden, <laughs> that does look like a big budget ball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it does. Oh, another funny thing when they travel in those balls is um, they, at one point, Liu Kang and Katana are in there. They like shoot out of one of the tunnels and into like a chasm. Mm. And she didn't mention this beforehand, but like b below them, I guess, like if you fall, like I don't know, I, I guess you go to the center of the earth, who knows? <laughs> but so, like, shoots out a chasm and she goes, and he's like, What is this? And she goes, This is the uh, the interchange. So, I guess this is like, <laughs> you know, you have to decide which tube you want to fly into. She goes, Quick to your left, hard to your left. <laughs> really? Like you didn't mention that earlier? There's And what kind of fucking system is this that a ball, a giant metal ball, is going to shoot you out over a chasm that's like hundreds of feet long and you have to perfectly shift your weight to fall into the right tube, which I guess you better have memorized which tunnel you need to go in. Like just take a plane. And why bro. would Sonya also, even know Steve, about it? Well, here's the thing. Also, well, it's not Sonya, it's it's Katana. So yeah, but that does bring up a good question. Earlier, when Sonya and Jax used mm -hmm. it, how did she... Or no, it's Sonya and Raiden that go the right. first time. Mm -hmm. so, right, because uh, Jax Raiden's isn't there but yet. Also, yeah, yeah, my, my mistake. Yeah. Hey man, Raiden can teleport. It's literally one yeah, of his powers. They, they didn't really use a lot of like the lightning effect on him this time. 
Probably I mean, for the best. <laughs> I mean, he just walks around looking like a high school football coach, and especially when he gets his hair cut. Uh, but that's but that's later on. But yeah, back to the. <laughs> Back to the, uh, you know, the, the spherical balls to the center of the earth, I mean, and how unrealistic it is. Because, I mean, we all know the world is flat. I mean, the earth is flat. Am I right? Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> and where was the technodrome during all this? All right. Anyway, <laughs> enough about the goddamn spherical balls. Uh, so, oh, yeah, like, Cyrax shows up at some point. Um, and uh, let's see. Cyrax turns a thug into a skeleton. For some reason, um, and they discover that there's like a weird emblem on him that turns into an animated dragon and flies away. And then later, it's revealed that this is like some sort of—it's a tattoo. Which why does a robot need a tattoo that allows safe passage between Outworld and uh, regular well, world? Yeah, Raiden says that he's got a tattoo that lets him travel between realms. Uh, but like that, the tattoos that all the bad guys have that we see, like, oh, we only see the tattoo a few right. times, but like, yeah, like whenever the bad guys killed or defeated, the tattoo like flies mm-hmm. off, like comes off of them and turns into a bad CGI dragon thing. But yeah, he, he calls them temporary passes. <laughs> so lame. Why? And none of this stuff was in the first movie. Like why? And Steve, in the beginning of the movie, everyone's. From Nether Realm, all the bad guys are already yeah, on they, Earth. Yeah, like, they show up via fireball. <laughs> like they have, like, like, like they have the most. Re- what yeah, is going yeah. on? They have the most ridiculous transportation options in this movie. It's like, well, uh, here are your options, buddy. You can either take a nice little fireball, or you can take a spherical ball yeah. through the center I, of the Earth. I did, I did like when the, at the end of the movie they all got in the hot air balloon ride to the uh, Shao Kahn's <laughs> kingdom. Uh, I thought, <laughs> so in the chat, Creative KV uh, had written that he found that uh, the Motaro, uh, the actor that plays Motaro, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Malibu, a.k.a. Mm-hmm, Darren sure. McBee, uh, he played um, a hockey thug. In um, one of the uh, 90s Batman Oh, nice. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Uh, and uh, Daniel Pacino, who played um, Johnny Cage in the game, uh, apparently told Smoke Monster that he was a foot soldier in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Nice. Two. I, I tell that to all the ladies. Well, before I got married, of course. I was like... <laughs> so I've got a uh, Daniel Pacino story. Okay, let's uh, hear it. So... Uh, I've been at two conventions where he was like uh, a guest at and um, (laughs) both times he did the same thing basically you know he's an older guy now right Uh, he's got he's like 60 something 64 years old. Uh, it's funny, Smoke Monster said he was trying to get into his pants because <laughs> that's what Daniel Pacino was doing at the hotel bar each time. And <laughs> I was like talking to I was talking to some friends and fans and stuff. And uh, he just starts like trying to hit on these nice. girls uh, that that like are just in this group that we're in. And he just <laughs> tries to like bang one of them. And like, it's like, dude, you're 60 something. I get it. You're a Mortal Kombat that's great. That's cool. But do, what do are you think? Doing, like, man? and his son, his son was there uh, at the last one, and his son was real creepy too. His son is like in his twenties, but his sons uh, tried to do th- the same thing the next night. But his son was like, uh, "Yeah, my dad's Daniel Pacino," <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "Wow!" Like, man, who cares? Wow! Wow! Well, anyway, hopefully he'll uh, so, he'll uh, listen to this and uh, you know he'll start believing in himself and uh, change his yeah. way. I'll no, pray I will for him. Say, I'm pray for him. I don't want 
I don't want to say in his defense, but um, he he was uh, seemed to be a little intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was just drunk. Uh, but uh, and he was like, I mean, he didn't like w- once he it, it was clear it wasn't going to happen. He he did back <laughs> off. And uh, <laughs> so he didn't like, you know, the fact that you get, felt that you needed to add that, I mean, speaks volumes. I mean, it really. Did. Well, I, I, I didn't want it to come off like he was being you know, sure, rapey or sure, something, sure. you know, it wasn't like that, but it was definitely it was like, the implication. Hey, I'm in my 60s and I'm going to try and hook up with one of you hot 20 somethings. <laughs> All right. OK. All right. Uh, so where are we in the movie here? Oh, yeah. We were talking about the badly animated, I don't know, dragon thing. And then. Uh, somebody, let's see, Cyrax turns a thug into a skeleton. Just, man, the VFX are just so terrible in this. Like, the fact that they're worse than the original film makes no sense. You'd think they'd be, they'd have gotten better. Uh, but no, no, we had to right? spend millions of dollars on spherical balls going through the center of the Earth. Um, let's see. Um, we already talked about Jax. Uh, there's a Shiva and Kitaro kind of get into a little skirmish, really for no reason. They basically spend most of the movie standing around. Uh, <laughs> Shao Kahn kills Ermac and makes Sindel his new general. Now, I have to say, Sindel is great at standing around. She does a fantastic job. Uh, and, uh, and I mean, I like how in the beginning of the movie, because uh, Sindel's supposed to be mm-hmm. dead. But obviously shows up and Katana's like, mother, how are you alive? I thought you were. How is this possible? I thought you were dead. And Sindel goes, no, I'm alive. But soon you will be yeah, dead. There's <laughs> such a long pause between it. Like it's a, it's actually pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I really uh, I dug that delivery <laughs> in the worst possible way. It's something like that. I, I'm going to but, but I, I'm going to see if I can find the clip on YouTube because I bet I bet somebody like has clipped that. Mm hmm. I'll throw it in the chat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we already talked about um, Liu Kang learning to do his animality, the weird sort of hookup between him and Jade. Um, Luke, all right, here's a... Okay, so Liu Kang and Jade finally meet up with Sonya and Jax, and immediately Jax hits on her, as does Raiden later, where uh, he's... I think it's Raiden where he's like, is she as uh, dangerous as she is pretty? Like, because of course, I guess this is the nineties and you know, you can't not get hit on if you're an attractive woman. Um, and right. uh, this is when uh, Raiden also says that he, uh, oh no, yeah, there's a scene of Raiden praying to the gods surrounded by candles. I mean, how expensive, I mean, they use that set like for like five minutes, like how long would it take to light all those candles? Or maybe it was all CGI. I, I don't know, but it was just like, why? It definitely wasn't yeah. CGI. I've seen the CGI oh, yeah, in this movie. Right. Um, in fact, later on, uh, so Raiden, we, we should mention, he ends up becoming mortal. He sacrifices his immortality to, why again? To, to help well, the no, humans no, it's when he way? goes to Outworld, he's mortal. No, no, no! Like the, uh, he ta- he goes and talks to the elder gods, and they tell him, "Would you sacrifice your immortality to help mm. them?" Or maybe it's like he couldn't interfere yeah, or something. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. But anyways, the, the the thing is like, and that's when he comes back, and I guess becoming mortal means you get like bleached blonde <laughs> hair and a shitty right. vest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Real yeah, weird. Yeah. But uh, 
shoot, I forgot where I was going with this uh, Raiden mortal thing. Oh, yeah. So Raiden dies, mm. uh, of, of course. Uh, you you could see that coming, right? Once they said, oh, he's mm. mortal. And he get, does get resurrected at the end by the, uh, yeah, by the, the gods. Yeah, the other elder gods. gods but, yes. But, like, the effects when they resurrect him are so awful. Those smoke and fire. First of all, one of the gods is represented by a CG fire. And it's it's bad, but it's, like, almost passable for the time. But then next to him is supposed to be water. <laughs> but it ends up looking like metallic, poorly rendered balls floating oh, in man, the air. They really have a thing for um, balls in this movie. So somehow this fire and water resurrects Raiden and so like smoke kind of comes all over him, but it looks really bad. It reminded me kind of of the uh, final um, final cut like uh, smoke effects. I don't know if you remember mm. those built in smoke effects and oh, final cut yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. back in, like, in the mid 2000s. Yeah, it, it looked really, really mm. bad. So uh, I don't believe that the candles were seen. <laughs> all right. I agree with you. So at one point, uh, Liu Kang is trying to find Katana, and then he does. And she, with all the charisma of like a spatula, says, wait, Liu, it's a trap. And then we get uh, Baraka, who's wearing a mask that it looks like he bought from one of those spirit Halloween stores. Like they have a very short little skirmish. Of course, Liu Kang wins. Then Shiva shows up, and she's automatically crushed by the cage. Just like... Like, what, why did you have all these characters if they're not going to do anything? Like, how could we how could we fix this? OK, all right. Let's imagine we're Larry Kazanoff. Like and I guess we have. OK, uh, but by the way, Steve, I, 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 I got a break away from just okay. a minute. But, but keep right, talking. Right. I'm uh, so we're Larry Kazanoff. And I guess we have Midway breathing down our neck, telling us to get as many characters in there as possible. Uh, like. Couldn't we just sort of mention them or maybe show them in other fight? Yeah, like in a montage. We could just show them having various fights. Some people are defeating others. Like, they don't have to constantly be standing around and, like, doing nothing and saying lines that go nowhere. Uh, I don't know, uh, chat. Like, what do you think? How could we fix this thing? Or is it just unfixable? I don't know. Um... So I also think that Sindel, her outfit, that uh, I guess it's that purple, I don't know, just makes her look like a Power Rangers villain to me. Like, it doesn't look like she's ever seen a day of combat. It just looks like they bought it straight off the rack and uh, just put it on her. And yeah, it doesn't look worn. In fact, I would say that the costumes in general, uh, again, compared to the first Mortal Kombat, is just, uh, it's just a step down. Like, uh, like they hired a different costumer or something and, or just didn't want to put the money into it. And yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, just not good. Not good at all. Um, so where are we? Oh yeah. We find out, uh, Shao Kahn and Raiden are brothers. Shao Kahn slaps Jade around. This is another, like, I mean, Jade, she was for a minute there, a very important character. It's revealed that she betrayed our heroes and then she sort of just sneaks away to go back to Shao Kahn, who I guess is upset that he didn't do, uh, that she didn't do his dirty work for her, for him and kill everyone. So he feeds her to Reptile, a very terribly rendered Reptile that looks like, I don't know, Saturn graphics. Like, <laughs> I mean, not to insult the Saturn. I mean, I love Sega and everything they did, even though they destroyed themselves. But uh, but yeah, 
Um, and so, yeah, Jade is uh, fed to Reptile, and it looks awful, just like everything else in this movie. Um, and, uh, yeah. Do you, do you think Jax sounds like he belongs in a Michael Bay movie at times? Because I'd say that's another guy, uh, Michael Bay, that is, who's uh, very guilty of being like, oh, this is what black people are supposed to sound like <laughs> in, like, all of his films. Yeah, yeah. He, it does feel a little bit like he's a character from a Michael Bay mm-hmm. movie at times. And, uh, and then we get uh, Raiden saying he will pray for you all, much like the, um, you know, a youth pastor that he reminded me of. Um, and then, basically, it's uh, the good guys confront the bad guys. Uh, Shale Khan. Every, man, they... Did not have Shao Kahn wear his mask and like, oh, he's leaving again, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but yeah, most of the time, Shao Kahn just looks like a boring uh, bald guy uh, because they don't have him wear his like skeleton mask. Like again, I feel like they maybe missed an opportunity there. Shao Kahn should be more like a Skeletor type, don't you think? Don't you think? Uh, so while Creative KB left, right around when Yehel left, I see why you show up. Mm-hmm. Got a little man crush, do you? <laughs> uh, uh, he had enough. <laughs> Fatality. Yeah, there you go. Um, so Sonya battles Ermac. Lou takes Shao Kahn. Kitana takes her mom. And Jax calls Kintaro Mr. Ed. Wow. That's a dated reference. Did anybody get that reference back in the 90s when they watched this? I will admit and say that I got it because I used to watch Mr. Ed on uh, <laughs> Nick at Night. Your eyes are bleeding. All right, I, I feel you, man. I feel you. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Mr. Ed, that's, that's the, that is the height of pop culture references right there. Um, see, there's just not enough centaurs in movies these days to call Mr. Ed. That's what's wrong with Hollywood. So yeah, basically, I guess the climax of the film is Liu Kang transforms into a dragon. He embraces his animality, and Shao Kahn transforms into his Hydra thing. And this turns into a kaiju movie for about, I don't know, three to five minutes. Uh, it, they have the weirdest possible music playing behind as they fight. Um, Two randos show up out of nowhere, and oh yeah, two two of the rando gods show up and declare the fate of the world shall be decided in Mortal Kombat. And so yeah, this is when they play the music. I think the the weird music or the Mortal Kombat theme. Yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's what I say. Yeah, it comes in at the end of the film, and uh, in the most anticlimactic way, Liu Kang defeats Shao Kahn. Uh, Raiden's dad gets folded away like a towel, <laughs> like Chinook. Yeah, it's where he turns into like a briefcase and just keeps getting folded up. Like, it's very strange. <clears throat> it's almost like the end of Superman 1 where like they're trapped in the uh, Zod that is or whatever. Actually trapped in the... Superman 2, I believe. Or, or, uh, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. That's exactly what I thought too. Oh, that's so. Yeah, it, it, you never saw this effect at all throughout the entire movie, but they're like, nah. We're sending Chinook to, what is that prison? It's called like the Negative Zone um, in Superman. Dang it. I can't think of the name. It's... I can't remember it. But uh, yeah, I, and by the way, uh, I too watched Mr. Ed on the Oh, I know night. you did. I know you did. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, he gets folded up uh, into a million 
pieces or whatever. Um, and uh, that's kind of pretty much the movie. Raiden gets resurrected. Yes. Oh, sorry, Steve. I, I see your salad. No, no, you're right. It's pretty much the end of the movie, but I I love it because uh, Raiden he uh, he comes back. And basically, he pulls a uh, Vin Diesel from Fast and the Furious. Because, like, all right, so we all know right. that Fast and the Furious, the whole point of that is cars go vroom, vroom, and action stuff happens. But they try to say that, oh, no, no, no. Fast and the Furious is all about family. And that's exactly what Raiden says at the end here. Uh, he just says, you guys need to, You're yeah, a we're yeah. <laughs> Is that like the, the cop-out when you have a, a script that's really about nothing? You just say it's about family and call it a day? I guess so. This must be where they got it from for uh, the Fast and the Furious movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ra- Raiden gets told, uh, hey, we're going to make you uh, a god now, an elder god. You can take your dad's mm-hmm. place. Sorry about letting you die earlier. <laughs> uh... Yeah, see, and this is the problem when like gods start uh, showing up because then you just start questioning if like what was the point of the whole movie if these like uh or story you know if these omniscient gods just allowed all this stuff to happen and it also you know has people start questioning their religion i mean i'm sure this is what turned you into an atheist right yes yes of course course. (laughs) uh but yeah i mean that is uh that's basically it is there um is there any other I mean, basically, I just sort of summed up the rest of the movie while you were off doing God knows yeah, what. I heard. Um, anything else you want to mention before we render our verdict? Uh, no, the only the only other thing is uh, I know we talked about Baraka looking pretty mm-hmm. bad, but uh, when Baraka gets killed, they literally use the same uh, death scene that they use when they kill Rain in the mm. movie. Uh, Rain gets thrown into a pit, and they use the exact <laughs> instead of Baraka getting thrown into the pit when they cut to like the bar- what's supposed to be Baraka falling into the pit. It's rain just from a different right. angle, but it's clearly like the same shot from earlier. But uh, yeah, let, let, let's render do a have one little bit of trivia before we, uh, before we finish up here. And that is, uh, do Trang, the yellow power ranger? Um, she auditioned to be Jade, but was turned down. Like how <laughs> I think she probably would have done a, done a better job than the better job the jade we ended up with but uh whatever yeah. it is what it is uh so speaking of whatever here we go all right uh yahel velasquez lover of many a centaur woman <laughs> I don't know why that's that's your theme for this episode, but it is. Uh, do you think that Mortal Kombat mm. Annihilation should be remembered for all of human history or high-kicked into the dark pit of obscurity never to be heard from again? I'm going to say obliterate this one. Um, it's just, like, it's bad, but it's not bad enough that it's good, and it takes itself way too seriously. You know, we've already talked about, like, the bad effects, like, eh. It's just not good. Uh, what's say? Yeah, you? they sucked all the fun out of the original um, Mortal Kombat movie with this one. Yeah, all the the good things and the good bad things of the previous Mortal Kombat are uh, are gone from this. Like, I don't. I never thought I would say you know a, a movie with a kaiju fight in it deserves to be obliterated, but this one definitely does. And uh, and worse, I think above all, like even if you had like the worst script in the history. 
of like martial arts films, you're, you know, you can still make up for it with good fight scenes. And uh, they definitely did not do that with this one. So yeah, I'm going to go with uh, obliterated as well. The heathens have spoken. You are obliterated. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I never wanted to watch it again after I got done watching it. Uh, yeah, it was pretty mm. bad. And uh, it just ruined a lot of sort of iconic characters. Like, I don't know if I, you probably heard me when you were gone talking about the costumes went downhill, too. Like, the, yeah. the ninjas did not. Very party city. Yeah, yeah. Spirit Halloween store, 100%. Uh, but, yes, well, that is our um, uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation episode. Uh, make sure you check out, I think it was our second episode ever on both Mortal Kombat 1s, the uh, the Christopher Lambert one and the, the remake uh, that came out where uh, we talked about uh, the good and the bad between those. And I didn't even realize that old uh, Larry found a way to weasel his way into the new Mortal Kombat films as well, which kind of explains why I thought those movies were terrible as well. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, anything else about uh, Mortal Kombat or about anything before we sign off? Uh no, I am good to uh, go. And of course, make sure you let us know what you think about Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And it would be fantastic if you uh, could subscribe and tell all your friends about the work we do here at Obscurity Now. It would help us out a whole lot. And uh, make sure you join us next Sunday as we continue to unearth more obscure media only on Obscurity Now. We will see you next Sunday. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity Obscurity Now. Now.